Hello, and welcome to Quick Hits. I'm your host, Phil Gursky, President and CEO of Borealis. And I don't want today's small podcast to come off as a rant, but I got to tell you, I'm not really happy with something I just read about a poll that was conducted in Canada, in which it looks like two-thirds of Canadians have stated that Canada is quote-unquote broken. Let me repeat that. 69% of Canadians in a recent poll have stated that our country is broken. Now, why would they say this? Well, you can look at what's happening. We have blockades against rail in this country, both passenger and freight. We have protests by First Nations and their allies against gas pipelines and other incursions on First Nations land. We have the Conservative Party railing against the Liberals for not stopping this action from happening, from not allowing injunctions, court injunctions to be placed to get the economy going again etc, etc, etc. I think Canada and Canadians need a reality check. This country is far from broken. There's actually a really good op-ed piece by Scott Gilmore in Maclean's magazine, an old Canadian publication that dates back a long time. You can go to the website maclean's.ca and look at Scott's most recent column and he cites a whole bunch of reasons why Canada is not broken, including that we have one of the freest economies in the world, one of the countries where there's the least corruption, it's easiest to start businesses, we have a stable political environment, etc., etc., etc. I want to go back to a couple years ago, 2017, when Canada celebrated its 150th year of confederation. Canada became an independent country on July 1st, 1867. And when I look back at those days, I was actually quite shocked, appalled, and quite angry, actually, at the fact that the celebrations were downplayed. A lot of people I knew said there was nothing to celebrate, that Canada had too many problems, which I'll get to in a second, and that 150 years of so-called independence was not worth marking. And I thought to myself, hmm, something really, really wrong with that. This was indeed a celebration of a country that has had remarkable achievements in its first century and a half of existence, And I couldn't for the life of me figure out why people were refusing to acknowledge that. Now, do we have problems? Absolutely. We have an atrocious history with our First Nations. Some people call them native, native Canadians. In terms of residential schools, in terms of land stolen, we have problems still with equality, economic equality. We have problems with racism. We have problems with economic inequality. And the list goes on and on and on. But, again, going back to Scott Gilmore's column, when you compare our country to what's happening in a lot of other countries around the world, you have to admit the fact that we're not doing too badly here. This is a pretty good place to live, which is why upwards of 300,000 people a year come to Canada. They emigrate to this country for a better life. But given the fact this is a podcast on terrorism, I want to look at the contention that Canada is broken from a violent extremism slash violent terrorism perspective. Let's look at the numbers, shall we? So Canada is coming up on its 153rd birthday on July the 1st of this year. And how many people in Canada, within Canadian borders, have died in an act of terrorism since this country has been around? I'll give you a second to think about that. Go, you know, look into your history books, search your memories about how many Canadians have actually died in an act of terrorism in Canada since 1867. Time's up. You know what the answer is? The answer is six. Six people have died in an act of terrorism in Canada since 1867. Now, before you jump on me about the numbers, I want to tell you how I got there. The first actual act of terrorism took place before Canada had reached its first birthday 
and that was the assassination of Thomas Darcy McGee, one of the founders of Confederation, one of the political leaders of the movement in April of 1868. The next death from terrorism in Canada occurred more than a century later with the assassination of Quebec Labour Minister Pierre Laporte by the FLQ, Le Front de Libération du Québec, Quebec Liberation Front, in October of 1970. Since that time, we had two assassinations by Armenian extremists in this country. We had two assassinations, or two killings rather, by Islamic extremists two days apart in October of 2014. That gives me a total of six people in 153 almost years. What I didn't include in the list, and let's throw it in for argument's sake, I didn't include the attack by Alec Manassian in 2017 in Toronto. He was a so-called incel who drove his car down Young Street. Hitting people, he killed 10 pedestrians. I am not including Alexandre Bissonnette, who walked into a mosque in Quebec City in January 2017 and shot, to, shot dead six Muslims who were at prayer. That would bring me up to, let's see, it's another 16, so 22. So let's, let's, let's throw those in, even though neither Manassian nor Bissonnette were charged with terrorism. Let's throw them into the mix. 22 people in 153 years. Quick, do the math, get your calculators out is one person every seven years, on average, dies of an act of terrorism in Canada. Yes, there's an elephant in the room, and that's the Air India terrorist attack in July of 1985, in which 329 people were killed when an aircraft was taken down by an explosion off the coast of Ireland. And yes, that attack was planned and perpetrated by Sikh extremists angry at the Indian government over Khalistan, over actions by the Indian army against the Golden Temple in Amritsar, but, technically speaking, that act of terrorism did not occur in Canada, it occurred outside. But even if you throw in Air India with its 329 deaths, you get approximately 350 people dead in 153 years. That's a little more than two people a year have died in Canada from an act of terrorism since this country became independent. Let's look at a couple other countries by comparison, shall we? And see how Canada measures up to the number of people who've died in terrorist attacks. I don't want to go through the entire list, but how many people have died in Afghanistan from terrorism? Let's just, just pick since 9-11. Several thousand a year have died in Afghanistan. How many in Nigeria? Several thousand have died over the past 20 years. How many in Syria? How many in Yemen? How many in Somalia? How many in Egypt? You see where I'm getting, right? These countries have situations, failed states, lack of opportunity, violent societies in which 20 people dead is a good morning, meaning not more people died. If we look at our allies in Western Europe or United States, we again see much higher levels of terrorism over the past century and a half. Several thousand people have died in those countries collectively since the middle of the 19th century. Where does this leave us then? This leaves us with the fact that Canada, as an independent nation, as a Western liberal secular democracy, is not a broken country. Again, do we have our problems? Absolutely. And we have to work to fix them. But anyone that can look me straight in the face in, this is now March the 2nd, sorry, March the 1st, 2020, and, and, and try to tell me that this country isn't working, or that it's not worth keeping, or that it's not worth continuing to build it, has another thing coming. There's a completely erroneous view of what Canada stands for, what it has achieved, and what it continue to achieve in the years, <clears throat> excuse me, in decades to come. This is a great place to live. I'm a very patriotic and proud Canadian, while still recognizing we have a lot of work to do. It is absolute nonsense to me 
that people say that Canada as a political entity, as a country, as a nation, is broken as of March of, of 2020. Sticking solely to the topic of violent extremism, because this is, after all, a blog on terrorism, no one can tell me Canada is an unsafe place to live. We have had attacks. We've had foiled attacks, thanks to the men and women of the Canadian Security Intelligence Service and the RCMP, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. But we are leagues ahead, millions of leagues ahead, of countries where terrorism is an ongoing daily menace. It's not the case here and never will be. Hope that didn't come across as too much of a rant, but I think a lot of people got to take a good look in the mirror, evaluate facts, not feelings, when asked the question, is Canada a broken nation? What do you think? Are the polls right? Are you part of the 69% that think Canada is a broken nation? Love to hear from you. You can reach me on email, borealisrisk at gmail.com, or on Twitter at borealisaves, Facebook, or LinkedIn. You can also go to my website, www.borealisrisk.com, hit the subscribe button, and get all the content available on Borealis free of charge to your inbox daily. That includes the Today in Terrorism series. It includes podcasts like these, quick hits and longer podcasts, perspectives, and other links that are of interest to you when it comes to things like terrorism and violence extremism. Drop me a line. I'd love to hear from you. Give me some ideas of further podcasts. I'll talk to you again soon. Until then, stay safe.